You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. I do this another day. And she was like, is it flooded where those places are? I was like, well, I don't know, Kate. I'm saying that majority of the city is flooded right now. I'd just rather not get out in it. Yeah. She was like, well, let's just play it by ear. Maybe we can go at like four or something. I was like, okay. Uh, oh, Brooklyn is trading Alan Crabb in the number 17 pick in 2019 uh, for, or Anna protected first in 2020 to Atlanta for Tarine Prince. Oh, it, it begins. Yeah, tis the season. Tis the season. So what are we talking about? Um, we'll talk about, and I'm I'm recording by the way, so we're already on. I was basically trying to test the mic, and mic is working well. So, um, yeah. So real quick, welcome to Wednesday's late edition of the OKC82 podcast. This is Brady Trantham, and I'm sitting in an undisclosed location, also known as Madison's house. Um, it's very very nice. The the chair I'm sitting in makes me feel, like, really small. Yeah. Like, it just sinks in. You, like, sink down in it. It's really awkward. <laughs> no, but uh, last night, Madison, we uh, we watched game three. Yes. We watched the Warriors lose. We watched um, some minority owner for the Warriors shove Kyle Lowry, um, <laughs> which that's... Really that's a re- big no-no, but... I saw, the first reply... I saw some video last night, like, as soon as, like, minutes after it happened. And some Warriors fan or whatever just tweeted out he was drunk. Well, who gives well, a shit? That, that doesn't justify it. You do not do that. Who gives a damn? <laughs> like, yeah, don't do that. It doesn't matter how rich you are. If you shove a basketball player during a basketball game, you're going to get in trouble. So. And especially on the opposite team, it's just kind of like makes you look bad, but it also kind of makes like the Warriors fans as a whole look bad. And so it's just kind of like a face palm moment. Like, why did you lay your hands on Kyle Lowry in that moment? Um, I mean, there might be some, I mean, that's true. There might be some Thunder fans that, um, after a bad Russell game might want to, if he, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No one will ever, no one will shove Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. Russell Westbrook will end their lives. (laughs) Right there on the court in front of everyone. Oh, well, he almost, well, he didn't end that kid's life in Denver. That's true. He, that look in his eye, though. Like, he was about to pop off, like, in one split second, and he was like, oh, it's a little, and it's a little boy. And realized it was a kid. And you kind of, like, <laughs> saw his shoulders just kind of fall, like, in realization that it was just an adolescent kid who had just, without even thinking, slapped him right there on the arm. But, oh, my gosh, I thought Russell Westbrook was going to kill that kid. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Fun, fun memories. Um, but, yeah, we watched Game 3 last night. Uh, we went to Hudson's in Bricktown. We were uh, we had sneaker reporter Travis Singleton with us, uh, Maddie Lee and Eric Horn from the Oklahoman. So it was uh, it was also during trivia night, so it was kind of like they didn't have the volume up for the game. So we were just like a lot going we were on. probably the only table in that entire place. It was packed. We were the only table um, there that was just there to watch the game. Everybody else was like. <laughs> Playing trivia, and we would kind of like off and on listen to some of the questions and answer them at the table during commercial breaks. But yeah, it was it was fun. But before that, Madison, we uh, got invited by the Thunder to um, go see a little media screening of their. I think what are they called? OKC Thunder Films is the 
is just kind of the brand that they're kind of going with. Yeah. Um, they did it last year with the Nick Collison, uh, Mr. Thunder documentary um, that also premiered at Dead Center, which is where this is going to premiere. Um, we're recording right now on Thursday, so you guys will be able to see it if you're in town Saturday night. Uh, it's going to open up the uh, film festival. But we got to go see it last night at the Thunder corporate office, which this was the first time I was actually in the corporate office. A few mm-hmm. other a few other media members that have covered the team a little bit longer than we have have been there, but that was your first time, right? Yeah, I'd been in those front doors before, but it was almost like it was my first year covering the team, and it was on media day, and I just got lost, <laughs> and somehow I ended up at the corporate offices, and... Uh, one of the guys just said, hey, if you need to go get something out of your car, like, come meet me back here at these doors, and I'll just take you back in there. And it ended up being the corporate offices, but I'd never been upstairs before. It was just, like, a freak incident. Yeah, if, if that would have been me, if, like, if, um, like, the first game I ever covered in person, I think, was, it was two years ago when the Pacers came to town. Yeah, it was Victor Lodipo's first game um, as a Pacer in Oklahoma City. And if I had gone through that door, <laughs> I would have been... <laughs> I would have been so out of place, and I would have been just so escorted out of the yeah. uh, premises. <laughs> my credential would have been ripped up, thrown in my face. Um, thankfully, that didn't happen. But um, no, it was really cool. We went upstairs, and uh, Dan Mahoney, Thunder PR Communications, uh, along with Matt Tumbleson and uh, John Reed. Uh, Nick Gallo was there as well. They recently promoted Nick Gallo. Yay! Um, and, of course, Shelby Willingham, another... PR person to all those people do great jobs not only with their jobs individually but they do a good job with us make us feel welcome even though every time we ask for a one on one they just say yeah sure and then we never hear <laughs> and then about we never it. Did. yeah <laughs> um, it's not their call. at least they like try to give us like a comfort cushion with words instead of just being like nah nah son <laughs> <laughs> yeah dream on <laughs> no but they uh, they took us up into a screening room and uh they had a bunch of beer they had uh hideaway pizza out the yin yang they mm. had um cookie cake mm. ice cream i you picked the it. worst time to start a diet because <laughs> i could have i had three slices of pizza last night because today i'm fasting which we don't even need to talk about that because i'm struggling right now awful but i was like i'm gonna have three slices because i'm not gonna eat tomorrow and um, it was fun. Like, the food was great. Um, it was really, really fun. A lot of people, the people that showed up, um, it was a fun night. It was really fun. And I also had some pizza. I am not, however, on a diet. But I am going to be in a bathing suit next week on the beach. And I'm a little nervous. But it was worth it to get the pizza. Oh, I'm just on our subs- subs- subscribers just skyrocketed for whatever some unknown reason anyway oh. continue <laughs> that took me a second i was like what what what, what happened um yeah through the roof but um yeah kind of what brady was saying it was really cool and we just got to watch um this very short it was about like five minutes of an animation film they put together about paul and not really his career right now but his upbringing which i thought was super authentic and cool um, it was kind of like an insight into how he grew up, just what formed him as a person and why he continues to play the way he does today because he does it for uh, the women in his life. And so it was just, it was a really cool little film for us to see. Um, it was a very small and intimate group. And so it was just kind of cool to be a part of that and uh, watch one of these players that, I mean, he's only been here in Oklahoma City for about two years. So we're still in the process of 
knowing him as a player, being around him, um, and seeing all the good work that he does, not only on the court, but in the community. So it was just kind of cool to be in that setting to just watch a little bit of a, like a story and a background of Paul George, but in like a fun animated way, which I'm a big animation fan. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, animation, of course, was, um, it was inspired by, and I hope I'm saying your name right, because we, uh, we follow each other on Twitter. Um, she's, of course, I'm sure everybody knows who, who I'm talking about, and then, uh, Nane Yamano. Something like that, yeah. I believe, yeah. hopefully I'm saying that correctly, Yamano. but she's... Uh, the Thunder fan from Tokyo, Japan, who um, I got to meet a little bit last year during the playoffs. The Thunder brought her back down here to watch a game. Uh, she every after every single game, she'll write some cool little cute um, hand drawn picture of some Thunder player. And if the Thunder lose, it's in black and white. If the Thunder win, it's always in <laughs> color. It's cute. And yeah, it's just it was always kind of a routine for me of. You know, when the game ends, we rush to the media room to go, or the press conference room to go talk to Billy, and then we get rushed into the locker room, and however long we're in there is like anybody's guess, yeah. depending on how long Russell takes a shower. Um, it be an hour. We're in, we're in there for about another hour, an hour and a half. Then we go back to the court and do our stand-up, and then we'll either um, go upstairs to record... So basically, four or five hours after the game ends, we're leaving, and I always open up Instagram and just go back to being a normal human being, and her pictures are always like the hmm. first one um, that I see on my feed, and it's like, oh yeah, the Thunder lost because it's in black and white. I kind of yeah. forgot that was a few <laughs> hours ago. Um, yeah, but the uh, film, now look, it's, it's five minutes long, and I mean, I don't know about you, Madison, I wish it was maybe a little bit longer just mm-hmm. because there's a lot in it. Yeah. And w- when you think about the um, the events that happen in Paul's life that it covers, I mean, his mother going through um, I'm having a stroke, um, that's something that I feel doesn't need to be talked about in just 10 seconds. Right. Now, it, the film doesn't feel rushed at all. It's, it's, a really, it's really well done. Um, and that's just like, I guess, my one little nitpick with it. And I think probably some fans would probably feel the same way that, oh, I wish it was a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, but it's a short. Five minutes is incredibly short. Um, I liked it otherwise. Um, it was cool to see that dynamic between Paul and his sister um, when he was a kid and as he got mm-hmm. older. Kind of reminded me of uh, Reggie Miller and his sister growing up. If anyone's ever seen that 30 for 30 with... Uh, Reggie Miller against the Knicks really cool just go check that out Um, otherwise it was I thought it was good for what it was and uh, I I don't when I say that I thought it was cute I'm not saying that kind of sarcastically it was was cute it was really cute it was really cute that's like that's kind of the thing I noticed about it it did seem like very short and it was very uh, impactful for the time that it showed which I thought was cool because they crammed a lot into a short amount of time but they did it so effortlessly and it was so well constructed that it didn't feel like it was uh just over jammed with a bunch of stuff in a short amount of time so I really think I think Tumbleson was saying that they spent a good like two and a half three months maybe four months on this project which is just such an incredible time for them to uh put together all of this for the George family because I know how meaningful that is and that's something they're going to always have so um yeah overall it was really cool and I agree with Brady it was super cute and like, in a sense, something being cute doesn't necessarily mean, like, 
Oh, that was cute. Yeah, like, it, yeah. It was. It was actually really I, cute. It's I, an animated film. I almost tweeted out last night because I, I said like a little thing about it. I didn't mm-hmm. want to say too much because if you say just a little, you've spoiled the entire five-minute yeah. <laughs> video. Um, but I, I tweeted out that it. I thought it was cute, but then I read it again and then backspaced everything because I was like, people are gonna think that I'm being a sarcastic, it's sarcastic. asshole. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody's so sensitive. Oh, cute. You know, oh, it was cute. No, um, no, it was it was really cool. Paul's, um, you know, his story is. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of familiar with it because it's been written about before. Um, this is just kind of giving you the visual of it in a cool setting, basically. Um, I think the bigger picture that you take from this, if you're a Thunder fan, is, and we talked to Dan Mahoney about it last night. Um, Madison's working on the little video thing that we always do for uh, OU football games on, uh, for the franchise. Um, we've done a few of them for uh, Thunder basketball, but we're usually a little bit more busy and can't do all the fun video stuff with that. But um, yeah, it, talking to Dan last night, this is something that they're kind of springboarding into like the future, I guess. Like being being able to produce more and more content and I think it's cool. Like if I if I was a fan fan of the Thunder, um, things like this are cool because yeah, when your team's not playing, <laughs> and you need something. Yeah, then you then you need something to kind of consume if you're a fan, like content. And um, I guess for any sarcastic asshole fan that's out there that says, "Man, it took them that long to do a five minute video," I'll tell you this. That minute-long video I did on the franchise two days ago when, mm-hmm. um, and we can actually mention this for a little bit, um, when Darko Ryakovic and Mark Bryant left to Phoenix, mm-hmm. that minute-long video with just me talking and uh, some pictures for a slideshow took me an hour and a half to edit. <laughs> so a five-minute video that incorporates live animation. Oh, my gosh. And Paul George being able to talk and narrate and his sister being able to narrate. All these things, um, yeah, I could imagine that would take some time to create. <laughs> yeah, and like I, what I think is really cool about what they're doing with all of these um, like little feature films is that it's giving people an opportunity to become almost more familiar and just yeah, just be more familiar with the guys that are representing this city by playing on the Thunder. It's like they were talking about how they did something. Uh, for Steven a couple of years ago, they did that documentary over Alex last year and they traveled all the way over to Spain to do stuff like that. And if they're going to keep doing stuff like that, I think that's so awesome that they're giving people kind of an insight to what these guys are doing outside of basketball because obviously the Thunder aren't playing basketball right now. They haven't played in, I don't know, a month or so. So it's like, it's a good thing that this organization is continuing to keep these guys involved out there even when the season does come to an end and they're kind of off doing their own thing. But that's when they use this opportunity to put out little features like this, to put out um, projects they've been working on for multiple months because they keep the guys relevant in people's minds even during the off season. And I just think that's something really cool to help people feel more personal with these guys instead of just – uh, people that are playing in Chesapeake, and if they can't even go to a game, they're just guys they're watching on the TV. So it's like they get to know these guys a little bit more, and they have a better idea of who's representing the city. Yeah, and I think everybody kind of understands how the Thunder do things. You know, they don't they don't have their players do that many um, 
if any, they, they don't do that many media appearances outside of what they're required to do, you know, mm-hmm. during the season. Um, they don't have to appear on some uh, a radio show either with us um, or the other station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they don't have they don't have to do like a weekly segment. They don't have to go onto some TV station. Um, but the Thunder have been very fortunate in that they've been one of the better teams in terms of how many games they've won in this 10, 11 years that they've been a franchise in Oklahoma City um, to the point where they could kind of get away with that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, it when you're successful like that, then there's there's just that much of a demand, but you can get away with being, eh, we're going to be really Spartan with how we um, throw out content your way with mm-hmm. our players, with the team. And this is the way I see it. It's like the franchise is still young and they learn things every single year, and and this is just this is me looking at it from a realistic perspective, not some apologist or a fa- or some type of fanboy mm-hmm. sunshine pumper, but it's a young franchise and they're learning stuff every day, and they I think they kind of understand that you can't do that for so much for too long, because at some point the Thunder aren't going to be good anymore. Like yeah. Russell Westbrook will move on, Paul George will move on because that's how this is a business. This, yeah. this is what happens. Or they'll retire as Thunder players, but then they're done. And then the Thunder will be left with a slew of new players and who knows if they're good or if they suck. Yeah. And if they suck, then there's going to be more of a an onus on them to want to be covered because they don't have a Russell Westbrook there that draws so much attention. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is just a way for them to, I guess, build into that next phase of whenever that whenever that may be of just understanding that fans love this team and not that they need to do a better job of providing content for them because they've done a wonderful job. I mean, Gallo does a fantastic job with their website and all the content they do uh, TV-wise, um, but just something else, and I, I think it's kind of cool. Heck yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I just overall, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a cool thing. That they're putting out there, and I'm I really liked what uh, both Tumbleson and Dan Mahoney had to say last night, just about their interactions with Paul and his family as they were going through the process of making this, and just how it's meant a lot to them. And um, that's just like I said earlier, it's going to be something cool they'll be able to take around with them for the rest of their lives. So good for the Thunder for putting in the effort and doing that. And it's I continually think that this is just an awesome organization. Yeah, but. Really, the big story of last night was, um, you know, like they walked in, the PR people, they walked in with like, what, three, two, four, six, eight big boxes of pizza from Hideaway. Shout out Hideaway Pizza. You guys have a good product. Yeah, you do. Um, Two big 30 packs of Bud Light and Coors Light, um, all the dessert stuff. And then Gallo walks in with this big box. And I kind of forgot that he had walked in with it after we were eating because he just kind of set it off to the side. And um, we sat there and ate for about 20 minutes. Then we watched the film. That took about 10 minutes because they talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Then we watched it. And then they walked back over to the box. And Gallo just was like, oh, yeah, Paul George uh, sent uh, some pairs of shoes for you guys. Mm-hmm. And so they had we had like a little pop quiz um, about like, I think one of the first questions was, uh, what college did Paul George's sister go play basketball at? And it was Pepperdine. Uh, Travis got that one and I can't remember what the next question was but you answered it 
Uh, it was what was the final score between him and his sister? Uh, yeah, there at the end of the film. Yeah, there's ten there's, to nine. Yeah, there's a point where and you just spoiler alert, Madison. Oh, <laughs> God, I'm sorry. Dumbledore died. Oh my God. Dumbledore Don't dies tell at the end them of that. George. <laughs> um, yeah. I cannot believe I just spoiled that. Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. You've ruined. So I wasn't even here. thinking. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, no, but there's this point where. Paul and um, his sister uh, play a little pickup basketball game, but you'll you'll see what happens. Um, I didn't just spoil it. I'm but sorry. anyway, Madison answered the question correctly, and then she got a pair of Paul George's shoes that oh my god, because they're they're men's shoes and they were men's. <laughs> they size are men's men, shoes, and they fit you. And they fit me, yeah. So I don't know how the whole sizing difference works. I believe like a men's size nine is equivalent to like a woman's like size ten and a half or something because. Like, I, my feet are super weird. I wear a nine, but, like, I can squeeze into an eight and a half. Um, depending on the shoe, I can squeeze into an eight. I can wear all the way up to about a ten and a half, depending on what shoe it is, because my mom and I share shoes, and she wears a ten. And so I got these shoes, and I was kind of just joking about it, because I, I mean, I, I didn't really know. I knew they weren't going to fit me, because they weren't my size, and they were men's shoes. But John Reed... He kept bringing them over to me, and so finally I just, like, I tried them on. Just yeah, he for, just, like, like shoved kick. them. He's like, take them. Yeah, after, take like, them now. kicks They're... and giggles, I, like, put them on my feet just to see, like, how if they would even fit, and they, like, did. Oh, I wonder if they're cursed, because he was just like, no, take these. You will take these now. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I just felt extremely overwhelmed, so I took them, and I tried them on, and they actually, like, fit me. And I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm not going to keep them. I'm going to gift them to somebody. Yeah, like you told you told me about that, and that was really, really sweet of you. Especially considering uh, uh, Travis told us, um, told us later on when we were watching Game 3, because he was trying to figure out, like, I'd never seen these before. Mm -hmm. And he's a sneaker reporter, so he should yeah. know. And I just, I was like, what, you don't have, like, some Nike rep that you know that you can just ask? And he was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, let me do that. And then, like, 30 minutes later, he was like, yeah, these are dropping in August or some point. Yeah. Um, you, you guys will all see it on the video that we'll, uh, Madison will put out at some point, either today or tomorrow. But they're light blue, and they have, like, a, a fish on the back. They Thank look you. really, really cool. They look cool, really cool on you. Yeah. Thanks. They, no, they were really cool, and they have, like, uh, P. George on, like, the lip of the shoe or whatever it's called. And like Brady said, there's a fish on the back, which really represents a lot that um, Paul George is very interested in fishing and all that good stuff. And, yeah, they're light blue and white. They're super cool. And uh, according to our sneaker reporter man, they are dropping in August. Uh, but, yeah, they were super cool. And I believe uh, Travis got the same pair, and then Eric Horn got a black pair. Yeah, he got an all-black pair that um... – I think Travis said that they just came out, mm. <laughs> and here, I was. I just kind of looked at Eric. I was like, "Man, you already got the old and busted stuff, and Travis and Madison got the new hotness." Um, but yeah, it's just so weird how that that fit you. That was so. That was so. I weird. know it was a magical shoe. It's kind of like the traveling pants movie where the one pair of pants fits all of them, even though they're all different <laughs> sizes. Paul. Paul George's shoes are magic, and they fit my tiny lady feet. Men men's shoe sizes. It's, it's crazy. It, like, yeah, that, that whole size translation between men and women is so annoying because I've been told what it is, and mm -hmm. I, I still can't remember it. I um, honestly have no idea. Some, it's like a size and a half difference. Some, some people, some men would probably argue that size doesn't matter, but... <laughs> 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 um, oh. <laughs> 
On that note, let's uh, a little quick thing about because some Thunder news actually happened between the last podcast I did with Chisholm and today. Um, the Thunder lost two coaches. Yikes. They have three spots open. And this has been talked about at nauseum at this point, but Madison, um, I just, I'm just curious, were you doing anything at the moment that the news broke? Because I was jogging in my neighborhood, <laughs> not 10 minutes. And I was like, I feel good, but I'm feeling good right now. It feels nice outside. Got a good pace. Oh shit. I got to turn around and go work now. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. I do not know. Um, no, I don't think I, I think I was like either at work or like here at the house doing something and um i saw that on twitter and i was like whoa well that's interesting but yeah and if you guys are looking for any juicy um content about mark bryant bob byer darko rayakovic well guess what just like every other thunder podcast out there from people that um cover the team in person um, we don't know that much about them because they don't let us talk to them. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's something that will have to be addressed. And I had a little bit of fun with it yesterday with this um, article put up on thefranchiseok.com about uh, just some names that have ties to Billy Donovan, have ties to the Thunder. Some of them are a little bit realistic. Some of them, in terms of like, you, if that happened, it wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some names, like I put Kendrick Perkins and Nick Collison on there. <laughs> so awesome. Derek, Derek Fisher. As, as cool as it would be, I don't see it happening. But um, Madison, it's it's a little odd because typically uh, assistant coaches, they're, they're tied to a certain coach, yeah. a head coach. And it makes sense that, you know, maybe Mark Bryant and Darko Ryakovic, who've been here, um, for some years, Bryant, going back to the uh, supersonic days mm-hmm. in 2007, um, perhaps they would want better job security going into this final year of Billy Donovan's deal. Like maybe, like, oh, uh, we'd rather go somewhere else where we can, where we know we're going to be there after the following year. Yeah. Because um, who knows what Presti is deciding to do with Donovan. Um, of course, they all, they both said they expect to have the same job, <laughs> Billy to have the same job. For this year, but it's his last year. So, if the Thunder struggle early on, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's happened before with coaches. He could get canned mid yeah. uh, early midway through the year. If the Thunder get bounced out of the first round again, he can get canned then. Um, or as as for what little we know about how the Thunder work, maybe Presti has said, "No, Billy, we're going to give you an extension." Yeah, uh, or they've already given him one. For all we know, we don't know, and that's yeah. that's the point. I'm not saying that that's happened, but um, it it is really weird that there are three spots open on the assistant coaching staff right now. Nothing's been done about it, but like I said in that video I put out on the franchise the other day, um, the Thunder have known about this probably for some time, and mm-hmm. they've in that time have been searching for assistant coaches. And I would not be surprised if. They already have been hired, but they're just like, oh, yeah, I guess we'll tell the media now. You know, it's just one of those things that they do. Yeah, I mean, it is a little bit interesting, but I think you brought up a good point just about the whole job security thing because I think even assistant coaches face the same type of dilemmas that either head coaches or players play in this league, and it's just, you know, what's going – or what will next year bring? Like, where am I going to be next year? How do I need to prepare for that? Uh, What's the smart decision for me, my family, me – and myself, like, 
you know, it's it's not the worst thing in the, in the world to be a little bit selfish when it comes to that and think, okay, yes, I'm going to be leaving this franchise and this organization and the city that I've called home for about a decade or so. But, I mean, it's really a dog-eats-dog world out there. So I don't necessarily blame uh, these two guys for vacating Oklahoma City, especially with all the talks of Billy. And, like, this is not me speculating about anything, but just in case uh, things go a little bit belly up next year, I think that's going to put both of them in just a better spot to be like, oh, okay, well, now I'm not really a part of that. I don't really have to deal with the backfire of that. Um, I have a good job right here. I'm where, I mean, where they go in the West Coast. So like, it's just, it's the desert, but it's, it's like a, it's a weird situation. And so, yeah, it's going to be a little bit weird not seeing Mark Bryan out there anymore, but I mean, yeah, just going up against Steven Adams pregame or um, during practice when we get to go out. Honestly, not seeing them like sweat and drool all over each other and grunt is just going to be weird. But <laughs> honestly, yeah. I looked forward to that every single time. And they're going to have to do a hell of a job finding someone else to be able to go up against Steven Adams like that because it <laughs> honestly looked like Mark Bryant took a well, beating I, every game. I mean, I did. I kind of laughed at it, but Kendrick Perkins is technically he is technically That's available true. and has made it clear that he would like to be a coach someday. So, um, <clears throat> he w- yeah, and I put this in the article yesterday. Um, Perkins was on the practice floor at some point last year. It was right after the trade deadline, and it was in that time where you can get buyout guys. He had just been let go of New Orleans. It was before he got picked up by Cleveland, and kind of the whole attitude amongst the media was, oh. It was are the Thunder going to pick up Kendrick Perkins, like at, you know, as a guy off the at the end of the bench, just for the locker room presence? And he was just there to kind of catch up. Um, nothing really happened. Um, but talking to some of the staffers there, um, they made it pretty clear to us, like, yeah, if he wants to do something, you know, whether like with whatever, you know, post career, you know, post playing career. Um, that they would help facilitate it. They've done it with Nick Collison. They've done it with Nazi Muhammad, um, yeah. who have front office. Maybe, you know, maybe Collison's might be symbolic, um, but they do have front office positions in some capacity. So, um, yeah, that that's out there, but it's going to be something the Thunder are going to have to address, and they have to kind of do it quickly because one realistic candidate I put out was Mark Dagnall, uh, the Oklahoma City Blues head coach. Um, Darko Ryakovic was the six, 66ers head coach. He rose up to the um, coaching staff. They like Dagnall. So if they promote him, they'll need a new summer league coach and then still need two more coaches to fill out. So um, this is going to be an interesting offseason considering that there's no big all-star they have to convince to stay. Yeah, and I really feel like it's going to be a very telling offseason for the Thunder just how next season is going to go for them because, yeah, they're making a lot of changes in coaching. Um but I mean, they, they're still that 21st pick too. So I'm, I'm really excited just to see how this franchise can evolve over the short time that the summer is. And I mean, all of this is going to kick back up in like the end of September, beginning of October, like that's just around the corner. I know it's just the first of June, but oh my God, the summer always goes by so fast and we're going to be back in Chesapeake in no time. Honestly, like yeah, it felt weird to be there yesterday. Yeah, like during the weird. off during the off season, and then we watched the first half of a finals game, and we were all kind of like, "This is if Kevin Durant was playing, it would have been so like yeah. 
surreal to be watching it with the thun- with some of the Thunder staff yeah. in Chesapeake Energy Arena and then Kevin Durant's on and TV. Kevin Durant's it's like, right there. Uh, whoa. Like, oh. It's Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone-ish. Weird. Um, I guess I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, I'm very well prepared to be so... Um, so up to up to depth or that's not even a phrase i i am so prepared to be like knowledgeable about five to six or seven draft prospects for the thunder at the 21st spot and then them to trade it (laughs) um i think sean's put out that report on monday that the thunder are interested in maybe shopping that pick and they've got a lot of salary cap stuff that they have to Address because I don't know if they want to be spending that much money to get bounced out of the first round. And uh, basically, it's been said a handful of times. Gabe Iker talked about it yesterday on the franchise on one hundred seven point seven. The franchise, um, the Thunder have two guys that they could potentially trade to help out with the salary cap, and that would be the guys everybody's familiar with: Dennis Schroeder, Stephen Adams. Um, Chisholm and I are going to go through like some fun trades, like swacky trade scenarios mm-hmm. on Monday's podcast. I look forward to that. But Madison, how angry will you be if Stephen Adams is traded? Honestly, <laughs> you know, if you would have asked me this this time last year, yeah, I'd be pretty angry. Um, <laughs> let's just get real, real quick. And I just said real twice. Real, real. Let's get be, real. Be real, real, real son. quick. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. So <laughs> after this past season of covering the team again with Brady and seeing Steven Adams get really good, hit a wall, get a little worse, get pretty good, hit a wall, be, stay pretty stagnant. Be unplayable in the playoffs. Yeah, basically just look completely lethargic out there. I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. I think... Um, it would be a massive PR hit. Oh my God, yes, it would. Steven is... He's a guy that if he played the rest of his career here, he would he would have restaurants yes. in his honor. He would have he he would he he could never make an all star game, and he might as well get his jersey retired at some point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Oklahoma City loves Stephen Adams, and Stephen Adams has always made it very clear that he doesn't really care exactly where he plays. He just wants to play, and he's just very happy to be here in the league. And so he's just made it. I don't. He's made Oklahoma City so passionate about basketball because I feel like this city really revolves. Yeah, they revolve around Russell, but they also revolve around Steven a little bit more than I think people realize just because he's always been here. And he's not like the face of the franchise, but he kind of is. Like people always will associate Thunder basketball with Steven Adams just as much as they do with Russell Westbrook. And so it's like, yeah, it's going to be weird if he gets traded, but it also might be for the best. Like if they want to see this team really exceed expectations and take that next step next season it might involve getting rid of steven adams and damn that sucks but (laughs) like that's just me speaking like before i even started covering this team it's no secret i've lived in oklahoma my entire life like i was really excited when the thunder came to oklahoma city because i was watching the hornets when they were here and then oklahoma city came or sorry the thunder came to oklahoma city and it was just like oh my gosh like i love watching basketball and now we have this team here so yeah i was a fan before before I started covering. And so, yeah, I don't know. Just seeing Steven Adams leave, it'd be weird, but I think it would be for the best. So, yeah, now it's been a year later, and you can ask me that question. I'm not going to be that mad about it. I'm more of, like, in an understanding position that that's probably what the franchise needs if they're going to do it. Yeah. Now, again, I'll be surprised if it actually happens. I will understand it if it does. Um, 
I don't think it's going to. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to try and relatively run it back with the same crew. And just like I said at the end of last when the Thunder got eliminated by Portland, I'm not using an injury excuse at all because I'm tired of the Thunder using that excuse they did with Andre Robertson. They've done it with Russell Westbrook in the Houston series so many years ago, uh, the 2013-14 season when everybody got hurt. Yeah. And those are all, you know, justifiable reasons as to why the Thunder didn't reach their expectation that those seasons, maybe I was just a little burnt out with the Paul George thing because he was still out there playing. Right. But I will say, I want to see this team with a healthy Paul George that's playing at a near MVP level because he's not going to win the MVP this year. If he does exactly the same thing next year and doesn't get hurt and has the same level of play and the Thunder wins somewhere in the 50s, Mm -hmm. um, he'll be in the MVP conversation. I don't think he'd win it. Right. Um, But I want to see how good this team is with the players involved, with the players at this stage of their careers. I want to see how good that Paul George-led team can be. So... As disappointing as running it back might be for Thunder fans, I'm interested. So, um, yeah. I'm interested. Yeah. Um, What happens, happens. I guess other than that, Madison, um, we'll be on the radio on Saturday. Woo! 10 to 2, 107.7, 107.9 Tulsa. Um, If you're out of the market, like I always say, download our app. It's just um, the franchise OKC. Just type it in. It's free. It's really easy to use, and if you guys are interested in listening to the um, Franchise Thunder Insider Show, which you should be, you should be, um, give us a listen. I think Jerry and John will be out in uh, near Kingfisher uh, on location, cool. and uh, you and I will be stuck in studio. Woo! So that's going to be fun. So we can we can basically control everything. Yes, we can mute their mics if we want to. We can just. Get them off the air. As soon as John to. starts talking number like like contracts like mute. As soon as Jerry starts talking about himself mute. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll just we have all the power. We will entertain the the masses. It'll be great. Uh, but everybody, thank you guys so much for listening to another edition of the OKC eighty two podcast. We're really excited about how we've been going so far. Still with no Thunder basketball really to talk about. Um, we've got some other big cool things coming uh, station wide. Um, and we'll be teasing it here and there um, moving forward. But we're excited. Madison's excited. Yeah. She's, she's got a $150 pair of shoes just sitting over there in her room. Just collecting dust. So many people were angry. But for Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Trantham. Sayonara. Bye.